Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. I am so excited to have with me today, Bree Reynolds, who is a, or Bree Weiler Reynolds, uh, who is a Flex Jobs Career Development Manager. Um, she's also a career coach at Flex Jobs, which is the leading site for remote work and flexible jobs. She and the Flex Jobs Career Coaching Team help empower people to find jobs to fit their lives by providing practical information, resources, and insights into remote jobs and the future of work. Bree holds a master's degree in human resources, is a certified resume writer, and has 15 years of experience advising job seekers and employers alike. Uh, she has shared her insights with Good Morning America, NPR's All Things Considered, and more. Uh, Bree, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sorry that I jumped on the call late, and I, I'm also thinking that I butchered your uh, middle name. Is it Wiley no. or Wheeler? It is Weiler. You got it. Very few people get that on the first try. So I appreciate that. No, and thank you so much for having me. This is great. Um, Well, I've been really looking forward to it. I have followed you on Twitter for a while and I love the content that you share there. Um, And you you heard me give just that brief uh, introductory paragraph about you, but I'd love to hear about how you came to be in this position because I imagine when you were a child, you never thought, you know, (laughs) Most of us didn't know that flex and remote work was possible, right? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's an interesting transition over the last ten or fifteen years or so. Right. I I actually started my career in college career services, um, doing advising for college students and alumni, and you know job search coaching and all those sorts of things. And the reason I got into that line of work at all was because when I was trying to think of what I wanted to do back in you know college and my first couple of years outside of college. I realized that I was always tremendously interested in everybody else's jobs, all of them. I wanted to do all the jobs. <laughs> I didn't want to commit. Um, and then I remembered my own career services office at the university that I went to. And I thought, well, those folks get to talk to other people about lots of different jobs all day long. And that sounded pretty cool. Um, and I had been a human services and counseling major in college. So I had that want you know, to help people, to support people. And it just seemed like a natural fit. So I jumped in. Now, did you work in career services at your alma mater? No, I actually worked just down the street. So I went to Northeastern University in Boston for undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then I started out as an administrative assistant in the career office at Emanuel College. Um, which is just across the uh, the street from Northeastern, actually. Yeah. Um, and wound up getting my master's degree there, and um, and moved up the the ranks in that office to uh, assistant director before I left there. So it was yeah. an awesome experience. It was a nice little office. I got to do a little bit of everything. Um, and clearly, if I can't pick one job, then I I can't pick one task. So I like to do a little bit of everything what? within the job. <laughs> You and I sound familiar. My favorite part about writing resumes is that I get to hear everyone else's story. I find yes. it way more interesting than my own. Yes. I'm always endlessly fascinated by clients. <laughs> well, you have been... When did you join? How long have you been working with FlexJobs? I joined FlexJobs back in 2010. So this is 11 years this year. 
Um, and I started out in just a part-time content role. Actually, I, uh, my husband got a job that would make us move every year, which we thought was very exciting, but it wouldn't allow me to take my career advising job with me. Um, everything was very much on site back in the mid two thousands. And, uh, and so I wound up deciding to go freelance, um, and, and write about job searching advice and that sort of stuff. And, um, and did the freelance remote thing for a little while and then stumbled into flex jobs as a part-time writer. Um, and I've been there ever since. I've done some of the content, um, grew the Flex Jobs blog. We have thousands of advice articles on, you know, resumes, cover letters, interviewing, all geared around remote and flexible work. And uh, and just about three years ago, we decided to start a career coaching program at Flex Jobs for our members, and that's what I'm heading up now. Oh, okay. So what I didn't realize you've been there for that long, but what that tells me is that you were there when we were struggling to get out of the recession, mm-hmm. then the boom. And now the pandemic. So I would love to hear from you, you know, what, have you seen a shift or an increase in the amount of roles or the types of companies that are seeking remote or flex talent? Yes. The short answer is yes. Um, So I did join Flex Jobs right in the middle of the last recession and uh, saw the recovery happen and that sort of thing, you know, over the years. And during that time, even during the recession and the, the slower recovery in those first few years out of it, remote jobs grew every year, um, which I thought was a very good sign that you know, this is an yeah. interesting trend. This is something people really value. And, um, and so it did grow every year, but it was very incremental. And it had been that way during that recession period. But then even after you know, getting into the mid-2010s, um, 2015, 2016, 2017, it, it had continued to grow, but it was very slow. Um, and so it would, it would grow every single year like clockwork, but uh, the number of people stayed relatively small. So before the pandemic, we were talking about uh, about 4.9% of the US workforce working remotely all the time. So people who truly worked from home were employees of companies, but worked from home. Um, so just about 5% of the population. And then the pandemic okay. happened <laughs> and we saw, we saw that skyrocket. So I think the last count that I saw was a Gallup survey um, as of February 2021, 57% of the US workforce is still working remotely. So it went from it's not more 57%. Okay. Yeah. 57% of the whole workforce. And it's, um, it, it, that's so, so significantly higher than anything that has ever happened before, um, in terms of remote. Well, that a combination of part-time, full-time. Yes. Yes. So that is, it's a little bit of a combination of everything. I think that count also includes those hybrid workers who are at home sometimes and in the office other times and things like that. And now the predictions for remote work over the next five years are that about 25% of the U.S. workforce is going to continue working remotely in the long term. So going from 5% to potentially 25% is like a long term. It's huge to go that way in just a matter of a year. That is interesting. Um, Are you seeing a shift in or an increase in the types of people looking for remote or flex roles or maybe the kinds of roles that they're in where... You know, before that, five percent tended to fall into certain categories, and now it's you know across different kinds of categories or industries. Yeah, we've seen some interesting trends there. So we've seen it be um, really strong in the areas where it typically was strong. So things like computer and IT, um, medical and health, I think, is one of those surprising ones that's always actually been a pretty strong remote career field. 
Um, lots of support roles in medical and health can be done remotely, but even we see nursing and, and physician positions that are done remotely, um, at least some of the time. So, and now we're all right. very familiar with like telehealth <laughs> since we've had mm-hmm. to do that for a year. Um, but then we've also seen um, uh, project management over the last uh, three or four years has really jumped up in terms of the number of remote options. And it used to be not even really in the top 10, and now it's the third highest um, career field for remote jobs. So project management is one that's really increased a lot. Um, we also saw education and training this year, of course, increase yeah. as there was just more remote learning going on and then the need for support services around that. Um, and, and all sorts of business functions, business development, administrative roles, accounting and finance, those all have really high remote job numbers now. Um, and then we've also been looking at some of the faster growing remote fields. So we actually looked in the pandemic year to see which fields grew the fastest in terms of the number of jobs being offered remotely. Um, and the top three were marketing, administrative, and HR and recruiting. So um, just to kind of give you a, a little scope of what, what's growing right now. Um, we also see things like writing and then mortgage and real estate because we are seeing a bit of a, a real estate boom at the moment. So many people spending so much time well, at home. That's going, not, I'm actually, when I think about it, like with, especially with recruiting and mortgage and real estate, I can't imagine those jobs being anything but flexible and remote. Um, yeah. You just need <laughs> a phone to software, right? Exactly. Exactly. You're you're on your phone a lot of the time doing those sorts of jobs or on your laptop. Um, so many of these are very portable careers. And I think finally, um, they're catching up to the possibilities. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I don't, I cannot recall for the life of me where I saw this study, but I know I shared it uh, maybe last month. Um, I was thinking about that right now we're over, over half of the workforce is working remotely and you and the forecast looks like a quarter, a half of those people will will stay in that capacity. Um, the study that I saw referenced the percentage of people that wanted to stay in that capacity, and it was pretty high. It was like two thirds want, yes. wanted to stay remote. But what I found kind of really interesting is of those surveyed, and they only surveyed you know a couple thousand, I want to say, but a full third of them said that it would be a deal breaker for them if the role. Mm-hmm went back to fully uh, in person. Now, yeah. I don't know if those people would follow through and really quit, but I found that interesting because if 25% is a lot less than the third that said they would quit. So I'll be interested to see what happens if companies don't offer more, more options. Yeah. One of the things we are working with clients on a lot right now is exactly that, is having the conversation with your company where you basically say that in the nicest possible way. You say, I do not want to return to the office. What are my options? Um, And so we're working a lot just kind of coaching people through how can they talk to their employers and then also what to do if that is a no-go. If they are required to return the office and they really don't want to, then it might be time to start looking for something new, which as we've talked about, I mean, remote jobs are growing so much that it's a pretty good time to be looking for one. Um, but you know, getting into that job search is uh, it, it has you know slightly different things than a traditional job search. But that is a hot topic right now for sure. There are, I think you're right. I've seen lots of surveys that say about two thirds to even three quarters of people do not want to return to the office. And there's a certain contingent that are just simply not going to do it. There, you know, some people will go back and they won't be happy about it. But there are some folks that will not do that. That's right. And the job postings uh, don't the number of job postings that are remote, do not 
think to meet the, the capacity for all the people that want to do it. Um, that's what yeah. I have to say. I, I do think there's probably a lot of posting where people would be open to remote, but they're just not suggesting that in their job descriptions just yet. Yeah, exactly. You We talk sometimes about uh, looking for hidden flex because there are a lot of companies that are open to it, but they're still not putting it in their job descriptions. And so you have to do some more research you know, look for the jobs that you really want to do. And when you find those companies that may not say they're hiring remotely, go to their websites, look for, you know, work-life balance articles, anything in the PR section where they've been in the news talking about remote work. Um, go to sites like Glassdoor and do your research to see if other people who work at that company talk about getting to work from home. Um, see if there's any clues that you can find that they might be open to remote work because there there are lots of companies that are open to it, but still won't talk about it publicly. Right. They haven't set it up in stone. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so will you, could you explain for my listeners and people like me that get very confused with the terminology? You know, there's remote versus freelance versus flex versus alternative schedules. Do they mm-hmm. all mean the same things or or not? That's a great question. And yes, most people I would say are probably confused by at least parts of these things. Maybe. So, yes. When, uh, when we talk about remote work, I think one of the most common misperceptions that we see is people think remote work is all freelance work. So they think they're, you know, if they're a remote worker, they are an independent, self-employed kind of contractor. And the reality is based on the listings that we see at Flex Jobs anyway, is that most remote jobs are employee jobs. So you are a traditional employee. You work for for W-2 employees. Exactly. You're a W-2 and you you get the same typical benefits that you would if you were in the office, but you just happen to be working remotely. There are freelance remote jobs, which would put you in that category of being a contractor, self-employed, that sort of thing. So you have to do pay attention when you're looking at remote job listings to see how they categorize it because it could be either way. Um, And then freelance jobs in general, most freelance jobs are remote in some capacity because you're usually working from home supporting a variety of clients. and that's you know through that contract work. Um, flexible and alternative schedules are also two different things. So a flexible schedule is one where an employer um, gives the employee or the contractor. But if we're talking about this, it's usually employees that that have quote unquote flexible schedules that allow the employee to have more control over their work days. So. It takes a lot of different forms. So this is a good thing to ask in the interview process if it's okay. unclear. Um, but it could be something where you have completely flexible hours. Maybe you're you're told you're working a 40-hour-a-week schedule, but how you divide up those hours throughout the week is up to you. You might be told that you're going to work 8 hours a day, but when you work those hours is up to you. Or it might be something like time banking where you are allowed to flex your hours and maybe you work fewer uh, hours one day, more hours the next day, or you kind of bank your added hours you've worked so that you can take some extra days off the next week. It's, there's so many different forms. So that's something to think about is what would okay. a really great flexible schedule look like? Um, one that we see a lot in the pandemic is the split shift where you work a little bit in the morning, you take time off in the middle of the day to be with kids or whatever your responsibilities are at home. Um, and then you work a little bit in the evening. So you're kind of splitting up your days. Um, okay, and then, so, oh, the last one alternative oh, yeah, yeah. schedule is anything that's outside of the traditional nine to five Monday through Friday. So it's oftentimes nights or weekends. Um, those tend to be alternative. Oh, schedules. Okay. I'm sorry. Third about shift, that, so that sort of thing. So all freelance jobs have a remote component, but not all remote roles are freelance. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> 
And then it didn't occur to me that flex means different things to different people. Um, When I thought of it, I thought, well, as long as I get the work done, it doesn't matter if I work 20 hours or 60 hours. But what I'm hearing you say is that some people say, you know, you have to work eight hours a day, but how it looks during your day is different. Or you have to work 40 hours a week and how you do that could be different. And it could be in a split shift or or an alternative schedule, which is the third shift graveyard shift, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Perfect summation. (laughs) You can quiz me on that later. Um, (laughs) So what what do you view as the primary perks of the flex remote schedule? What are are the main upsides? Uh, Oh boy, where to start? Um, Yeah, right. So uh, as somebody who does work remotely and has a flexible schedule where, and I'll, I'll give the details of mine in case it's useful for anybody. I work, I work roughly 40 hours a week. Um, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but generally about 40. Um, but the hours that I work each day are pretty much up to me as long as they are fairly even throughout the week. So that's what we tend to do is, uh, you know, as long as you are available for about the same amount of time each day, uh, the time that you're actually working each day doesn't totally matter. Um, and so that's, that's my typical schedule, but in terms of the benefits, I mean, for individuals, it, of course, there's tremendous work-life balance benefits. Um, obviously in the middle of a pandemic that becomes even more of a necessity and, and not even work-life balance, but just keeping it all together, (laughs) keeping it all afloat. Um, so it can really help with that because of course it reduces or completely eliminates your commute time, gives you a lot of time back each day. Most people talk about that as the, the main benefit, that work-life balance, having more control over each day. Um, but then there's also the, the cost savings that comes along with that because if you're not commuting, you're saving, you know, over the course of a year. Gas, hair on your car, all of that. Yeah, it's about four thousand dollars for the average person that say they're working from home full time. So it's not nothing. <laughs> it's how much? Pretty good. Wait, how much is it? Uh, about four thousand dollars a year um, for the average remote worker, but based on those average expenses of what the typical person pays for gas or you know commuting Whoa. passes, wardrobe okay. upkeep, um, coffees and lunches out, things like that. Interesting. You know, I I have worked remotely, uh, well, and, and independently for since two thousand and eight. And I probably now I work, my job started out 20 hours a week. And now sometimes I work 50, 60 hours a week, mm-hmm. um, but which I need to get under control. But I would, I always tell people, I would rather work 40 hours fully flex than 20 work time with a schedule set in stone. Because, um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of women who are sort of the primary child caretakers ask mm-hmm. me that question. Life always throws curveballs, especially when kids are concerned, kids and pets and all of that. And the ability to not be, to have for the schedule to truly be my own is worth the extra hours to me. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That is, it's so totally the case. And that is, you're working those longer hours. That can be one of the pitfalls if we're looking at, you know, the positives and negatives. Right. Um, is that you? most remote workers do tend to overwork. They work longer hours than they did in the office, mainly because work's always there. And if you always have yeah. something to do and it's right there, you have to really be disciplined about walking right. away from it. Yeah, and It's hard yeah, to do. Failing on, the, failing on the discipline front. No, but yeah, yeah so that... Um, so yeah, that brings me to the next question. So longer hours is certainly a potential downside. Um, but what, what red flags do you... What other downsides are there? Um, if there are any, and 
are there any sort of red flags that you, where someone could look at it and go, you know, this this is not a good fit for me. I really should go to a more traditional nine to five kind of environment. Yeah, that's a great question because it really, as much as remote work works well for a lot of people, it really isn't for everybody. Um, and maybe it's for some people some of the time, you know, maybe that hybrid yeah. where you're in office and at home is the best option. But some of the downsides, definitely the um, ability to overwork if you're not careful and mm-hmm. you have to be really diligent and careful all the time. So that's, you know, you have to set yourself up for success yeah. that way. Um, but also the isolation of it um, being, you know, working from home, especially for people where the social aspect of work was a really valuable thing. Um you know, being from home, working from home all the time, you don't get that socialization as much. Now you might have a team that you're interacting with a lot during the day and that might be enough for you. Maybe it's, you know, on Slack or you do video calls. Right. Um, But if you have the kind of job that is largely independent work and you're at home doing that by yourself, it can get lonely. Um, That's right. And some people find that they just simply can't, uh, you know, deal with that and they want to go back to the office. Other people will look for other ways to get that interaction throughout the day. So they might work at a co-working space or a coffee shop or something like that, or even just come up with, a, you know, uh, activities that they have scheduled for themselves that get them, you know, around their friends and family more often. Um, so those are the two big ones, really. It's the, the overwork and burnout and then the isolation um, are yeah. the ones you hear about most often. It just seems to me, I wonder if you agree that for the majority of people, having the, the flexibility, I'm going to go into the office to get the socialization, but then when when my kid is sick or, you know, they want flexibility and ability. We want it all, right? We want to be able to go in and out <laughs> when we want and work the hours we want. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons probably that co-working spaces were so popular before the pandemic, at least was because for freelancers, for remote workers, you, you, when you want that socialization, you can go in and get it. Um, you know, you can be around other people. And I think a lot of companies are going to be looking at that hybrid type of arrangement now. And how do you afford people the socialization part of it, but also give them more control and all of the benefits of the remote work side of things. Um, we've seen some companies getting creative with, uh, with what they're going to be doing post pandemic, but it is, for yeah, following who's going back, who's not, who's starting to ditch some of their office space. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really fascinating to see what happens. As yeah, the next up. few years, it's going to be uh, it's, it's like the wild west of remote work. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think the next few months. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're offering, we're on our last group of vaccines before we get to kids. And so every day you get a new announcement of, this company's open. It was going to open up Labor Day. Now it's May, but it's only going to be part time, and maybe not. Like things are just really, really inflexible right now. Yeah, yeah. The news changes every day with it. Yeah. Um. So you alluded to this a little bit, or we talked about it. Alluded to it a little bit at the beginning. How would you recommend someone proceed when they hear about an opportunity and they say that would be perfect for me? If only if it was in my city slash not in an office, slash, you know, flex or remote. Um, You know, especially those those roles that are potentially, they don't advertise as flex or remote, but it would be great if they could. Yeah, I think it's interesting because the pandemic has changed my typical answer to this question a little bit. Um, Before, I would say it's pretty hard to get a company that doesn't show any signs of being open to remote work to change a job to be remote for you um, as an incoming candidate. 
So I oftentimes would say, well, you know, you can apply, you can have the conversation, but definitely, you know, keep your... Don't get your hopes up. Yes. <laughs> keep your job search going in other places. Um, because it was really hard. Companies were, you know, very set in how they did things. And if they didn't already have an existing program or just a common practice of people working remotely a lot, it was highly unlikely that they were going to let this one person change that. Um, well, but... and it also made roles outside of your geographical location sort of off the table, right? Yes. Yes, because yeah, you would have to be there. Um, but now the pandemic, it really has changed that because more companies have been exposed to remote work. A lot more managers and um, company leaders who previously had said no to remote work are now much more open to it. Um, and I think a lot of companies are going to have policies that at least allow for hybrid remote work going forward, um, even if they're not, they're not fully remote. And so I think the the odds of this conversation actually going well for a candidate have increased a lot in the last year. Um, so I would I would do what I was saying at the beginning where you're doing your research and seeing if you can get any signs that this company may be remote. Um, I would apply, you know, send in your best cover letter, your best uh, resume for the job. Um, make sure you put your best foot forward. And I would leave that conversation to the interview process, probably. That's my instinct. Really? Um, okay. That, that you could, if... Um, and it could be early on, even in that screening interview process, you know, you might say, Hey, you know, in doing some research on the company, I found that uh, this mention of remote work, and I was wondering what the policies were. Um, you could put it in a cover letter beforehand um, as you're applying and just let them know that that's something you're interested in. Um, but I think it, it, because so many companies are in flux right now, they may not. Um, have a great answer. Whereas you get in, you show them kind of what you can do. And also you have to be clear about what type of remote arrangement you're really looking yeah. for. I know you mentioned geography being a big piece of this. If you're looking to work far away physically from the office remotely, that's a much bigger ask. If you're uh, because a lot of times companies actually can't do that if you're moving out of state or something like that because of the tax and employment law implications. Well, that's true. Um, but if you're still in the region, if you're still in the area, you could come to the office occasionally, it might be an easier sell. So that's definitely something to consider. Okay. Yeah, really I, well, a lot of my clients are targeting international companies with a press, a nationwide presence. And so oh, yeah. they have been coming to me and saying, well, it really doesn't matter where I am now. So maybe I should go for that role that is on another post. Um, where I wouldn't have before because now they, you know, before they, a lot of them embraced some sort, you know, they, they were used to some remote teams, but now it's just exploded. Do you, mm -hmm. Is there, would you have a different thought on how to tackle that challenge? Yeah, that I think um, the research is going to be key with that one because of those tax and employment laws that I was mentioning. So a company may have a nationwide presence, but they only hire in, say, five states or 10 states. Um, and so because they have to register in each state where they're going to be employing people. And so some companies either can't or don't want to register in each state because that's a big expense. It's a lot of extra uh, legal and employment law or tax and employment law um, issues to keep track of and make sure you're on the right side of. We have seen some interesting um, uh, uh, different types of software and uh, services pop up since the pandemic began that are, are aiming to help companies with this to do it a little bit easier. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed, hopefully my answer will be different next year too. But um, 
But I would say one thing actually you can do on Flex Jobs, if you know that company's name, you can go to Flex Jobs, search for that company, and look at their remote job posting history and see if there's anything there. Um, so, and we have a database, I think there's up to 55,000 yeah. companies now. Um, and so you can search by company name and just see what their history is. Um, and if you're finding remote job listings in those listings, you will be able to see the states that they're hiring in or the location that they're requiring for that job. So you could see is it, if, it, if it's a US wide job, that means they'll hire anybody from within the US. If it lists a specific set of states, then you know you have to be looking at those hiring limitations. Interesting. And I yeah. would suppose in addition to the listings on FlexShop for maybe those companies that don't advertise it as being Flex or they haven't really committed fully to that, you could do you could do searches on LinkedIn and see if there are employees in those in your state. Yes. That's a great idea too. Yep. That's perfect. Just to see if anybody's employed in that other place, in the place that you want to work from. Yeah. Thank you. I had not even considered the hiring implications. Um, I'm going to share that with my clients. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. It's tricky. It's one of the toughest parts about this for job seekers. And we we see so many clients who find what they feel is their dream job and they want to apply for it. And we look at the location requirements and go, mm, nope, <laughs> this one is going to be a tough sell um, because they're outside that location. So that's actually probably a huge tip for if you're looking for a remote job, make sure you're putting in your location when you search. Okay. Now for the... Not fifty-seven percent, whatever fifty, whatever the difference is between fifty-seven and one hundred. So that's forty-three percent. For the forty-three percent of people that are not, not have not, their job has not shifted shifted since the pandemic. Do you think? And I guess it depends on the role, but do you think that there is a shot that those people could, you know, help the employer to embrace the ability for change or are those sorts of jobs to so set in stone because they require hands-on, in-person kind of work? I think um, just based on a little bit of research that I've done into that area, those jobs that are still being done on-site, most of them do seem to be on-site specific jobs. So it's yeah. things like manufacturing, um, delivery, food service. Yeah, there's uh, those no real work around. Yeah, but for anybody who's in one of those um, types of jobs and and wants to work remotely, oftentimes we find career changers who say, you know, I've I've worked on site. The work that I do doesn't translate to remote work, but I want to work remotely. What can I do? There, you can definitely change careers and find something that aligns with you know your skills, what you're good at. That would be a remote job instead of what you do. It would be a different type of job, but um, right. I always like to encourage people. Like career change is is not only possible; people do it all the time. So definitely don't uh, rule yourself out if you're in that situation. No, that's right, and that requires a little bit more of a deep dive to figure out what skills you have that you like to do, what skills you have that you don't like to do, and really hone in on what your next job target should be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just have to be extra diligent about those specific things. So if someone comes to you and they are seeking, they, they, they want, they want flex or remote employment, are there a couple of tools that they, you absolutely feel that they need in order to embark on a job search? What should, what can they not be without? Yeah. It, um, in terms of, so for your job search, the resume aspect of it, if you have any previous remote experience, you definitely want to have that on your resume. So mention okay. 
that something was fully remote, it was partially remote. You know, you don't have to be super specific, um, but you could say like 50% remote if you knew it was about half okay. and half. Okay. You could say occasional remote work, anything like that. Um, and then for literal tools um, to do remote work, we do see that employers like to see candidates that have experience with remote um, collaboration tools. So, you know, the software and the programs that remote teams use most often. Those are things like Zoom, okay. of course, um, Slack. Right, which now everyone's an expert, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, Google Drive, those sorts of things. So not, not anything, you know, super extensive, but definitely those collaboration and communication platforms that remote teams use. The nice thing is with things like Zoom and Slack and Google Drive, they are they all offer free versions. So if you're not familiar right. for some reason, you can go out and test them out and learn them and then add them to your resume so you can talk that's about a, that's them. a really good point. Um, in terms of uh, adding to your resume, if you maybe haven't worked fully or partially remote, would you think there's benefit in adding things like, you know, manage a globally distributed team just to show that you have worked with people located all over the place and you're familiar with the ability to work with people that aren't necessarily right in the room with you? Yeah, absolutely. We always talk about, yep, make sure if you worked in, with people who were out of your office, um, you, if you collaborated mostly over email or phone with people, even if you were in the office all the time, worked across time zones. I love how you said like the globally distributed team. Okay. Absolutely, that can count because um, you're working the same way that a remote worker would work. That's right. Yeah, show that you've worked remotely even though you did it in the office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. You were remote <laughs> from other people. <laughs> So last and final question, my favorite one. Um, it sounds like you have worn many, many hats at Flex Jobs. What do you, what's next for you now that we are, the world seems to slowly but surely be opening up again? Yeah, it's interesting because we're doing a lot less um, trying to convince people that remote work is a good thing. <laughs> right. Anymore. I know that's you're right. You're not fighting the uphill battle anymore. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of reached the top of the hill, which is great. Um, so now it's it's more really teaching people how to make remote work work really well in quote unquote normal times. Um, so I think the pandemic. I, we were so relieved when everybody seemed to embrace remote work, despite the incredibly stressful and difficult circumstances they had to do it in. Um, you know, remote work is usually way easier and more fun than it has been for the last year. So if you've been able to remote work uh, for the last year, you can definitely do it at any point in time. Um, so that's one of the things is really just helping companies um, understand how to do this well, how to get these hybrid offices in place, what policies they need to look at, how to make sure that things are equitable for in-office and remote workers. And then from the job seeker side, just how to help people really navigate this job market as it changes and grows. And, and things like employment and tax laws, you know, keeping track of locations that you're um, uh, applying to, uh, researching companies, all those sorts of things. And then what to ask to make sure that you are... Um, if you accept the job that you're going to be on a remote team that you really want to be on because each remote team operates differently. They have their own team cultures and some do it better than others. So you want to make sure you're going to be on a team that does it really well so you can have a good work day every day. No, you're right. And, and culture fit is so important in that. And now with remote opportunities, that's a whole nother area that you need to, you need to assess the culture fit. Yes. Yep. And I'm sure that'll change over the years as companies get better at it too. That's right. It's probably going to change over the course of the next few months. So yes. um, things are just moving at such an accelerated pace though, but it is exciting. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a fun time to be this immersed in remote work. That's for sure. You make a good field to be in right now. 
Who would have thought a global <laughs> pandemic would make it the perfect environment? Yeah, um, yeah. We, we try to say we're we're not happy with why it's happening, but we are glad that remote work seems to be you know doing its fair share to help out. <laughs> now, and you're so well positioned to really help people you know, on both sides of the hiring table to navigate these these uncharted waters. Yes, <laughs> uncharted for sure. So thank you so much for taking the time. I learned a lot. I know my listeners will. Um, it's just such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a really lovely chat. And um, and if anybody has any questions, I'm on uh, on Twitter and you can find me at FlexJobs and I'm happy to help. Well, that, that so on your bio, I've got uh, the FlexJobs website, the remote.co website, your email, your Twitter. Then I've got at work flexibility, at 3W Reynolds and at remote underscore co. Are those the best places to connect with you? Yes. Yep. Those will all work just perfectly. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Virginia. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online CM hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.